We want to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nations, whose sovereignty was never ceded, and this area's original name is Nam. We pay respect to them and their elders, past, present and emerging. Oh, it's the little podcast, babe. I have just started listening to music. <laughs> panda fluffer, like it's very specific. There's no reason you can't have a cult focused on garlic bread. Oh, with the boys. With, 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 you ate it. Tasted like you were eating poison. <laughs> You're right there, darling. First of all, that's not standard issue. Astronaut wear. Aren't you? Yeah, other people. I know what other people are, Annie. Oh my God. Tuck it into your waistband. And sometimes be seen at the top of the waistband being like... You would be the most annoying ghost. You know what? I'd like to be better at bringing my cat into work in a sneaky way. Chicken, where do you get your protein from? I don't even know why I call you my best friend. You're listening to We Want To Be Better, an upskilling, socially conscious comedy podcast hosted by myself, Bianca Ismailovsky. And me, Annie Nolan. How are you, Annie Nolan? Pretty good. I have got my... Small business is going ahead. It's really exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's going ahead. It's Sorry. all happening. We've been painting. Yeah. It's set up. It looks amazing. I'm so excited for you. I um got my dad to build me a drying room because it's obviously dog grooming business mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there's like, I don't want the hair flying everywhere. So because him and my mum and their separation has put me through absolute hell, it's the one good thing is that I – can use that against my parents guilt them yeah mm. and now he came and he built me this beautiful big room he's quite the handyman isn't he <laughs> he's so handy yeah very handy he's like he's an engineer he's really smart he can do anything like it's not just building it's anything yeah I've anyway it's very away. intimidating to liam who can't hang a picture so <laughs> yeah <laughs> my expectations are very high because of my well i mean father. fair enough liam got that shed up after several days uh, and with your help. And with me so, doing it, but yeah. you're okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So today's episode, we're talking about a pretty tough subject, I suppose, which is divorce. Mm. I think the reason I wanted to talk about this was, as I've said, Palmer and I were going through some tough times during isolation and I'm sure we're not the only ones uh, who were struggling, you know, living in isolation with each other. And... You know, I called my mum who has been divorced twice and she gave me some really good and really helpful advice. And I think my mum's really interesting because she has had two divorces, but two very different divorces. And she was so helpful. And I just thought, I really want to get her on the podcast just to talk about this topic that people don't like to talk about. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because we know that... If you get married, statistically, there's a very high chance that you're not going to stay married. Yeah. If the odds were anything else, this would be such a topic, you know, that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. But because it, it feels like you've failed or uh, it's painful to go through for so many people. That people once are they're embarrassed. Out, embarrassed. That once they're out the other side, they don't really want to talk about it. And I think that people often can look at divorced people and think that they are a little bit sour and cynical. Like that, oh, I don't want your opinion because you're a sad sack. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But I found that watching my parents separate, it has been really, really hard. And I think that there needs to be more conversation about it. Obviously, we can't get everyone's opinions, but 
we really value your mum and she's got so much insight being through two different styles of divorce. I think that this conversation really helps. And there's a lot of very warranted advice about things like domestic abuse and leaving your partner. And there's probably still not enough, but there is a lot more conversation about those extreme cases, of course leave. I know it can be very unsafe and that's probably also why there needs to be a lot of conversation if you're like leaving something that's violent or something it is a lot harder to leave but generally you know you've got to leave Mm. where just the people that are unhappy just those everyday stories like the majority of people that just find themselves in life where they've outgrown each other they're just not right for each other anymore it's just got stale or they're toxic for each other Those where maybe it's not as sinister or it's not as obvious, those stories need to be talked about. I think as well divorce is scary because this is the life you've known for so long. You don't necessarily know what's on the other side. You know, your your lives have merged so much together that it can sometimes just be easier to say, well, it's not that bad. I'll just stay. I'll just Mm -hmm. stick it out. And you don't know what's going to happen on the other side of that divorce. So I can understand why people just think, oh, I'll just stick it out. Yeah, you made your bed lying in it. Yeah, that's it. You made your bed well, lying in it. Well, I even thought about this purely because we were recording this episode and I was like, oh, okay, divorce. Give it some thought before you have the podcast. Okay, so if I – something between me and Liam happened and we were to separate. He's just walked in the door mm. as I've said that, has yeah, he? Yeah, he has. I can see him. We're just talking about you. Oh, did you just hear if me and Liam don't work out? <laughs> You walked in at the worst possible moment. Are you doing a podcast on divorce? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Not our divorces, like, no. but not our own. You're not going to get a divorce. She'll never divorce him. She'll kill him, but she won't divorce him. Yeah, sorry. I was thinking about this. It's actually not easy uh, emotionally. I get that that's the hardest mm. part, but just like the logistics of it. I was thinking, okay, well, I've just set up my business mm. in the back of my house. So if we were to separate... Would I, I would have to pay him out, but I don't have the money to do that. All of those things. And okay, well, then I'd have to move. And then, oh God, if I had moved, then I'm not going to be able to afford this area by myself. So I'd have to go there. And then where are my kids going to go to school? And I don't drive a car. So mm-hmm. well, how is he going to get the kid? Like, honestly, mm. it is, a lot. I, can, I can see how people think it's just easier to stay mm-hmm. and be miserable. Yeah. I always think of Kim Kardashian crying about Chris to Courtney and she's like I feel stupid and I feel bad and like I don't want to do this like I invited all these people I wasted everyone's time and I think fuck I feel for her so much because it's so hard to be like I've made a mistake made a mistake I've made the wrong choice I don't want to do this anymore Mm. I can't do this and the thing is Kim Kardashian did make the decision to leave met with a lot of public backlash or whatever or it's publicity sign or whatever but so many people decide just to stay to avoid that yeah if we were to talk about divorce, I guess, a bit but, more candidly yeah, and not see it as a failure so much yeah. and, and, you know, putting what you you do want first. But I also think that, you know, sometimes maybe it is a mistake and we will soon hear from your mum who's mm. going to talk about hers. But just because something's ending doesn't mean that it was a mistake. It, you know, we say this in our alcohol podcast about – Looking at your past behaviour with drinking and, you know, the mess that it was as not necessarily a mistake but just a data point. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, that was that part of my life and it's got me to here. Mm -hmm. And 
often for well for most people they did originally marry out of love most so there was good times it's, it's it sometimes can be overshadowed by how mm. bitter it ends up getting i think as well it's still i mean it's obviously it happens a lot but it's still sort of condemned a bit isn't it in society it it's it's like oh couldn't make it, huh? Or you didn't try hard enough. That's the thing. I think people make this assumption that people just get divorced willy-nilly and that you haven't actually put the effort in. If you actually just stayed and tried to work it out, then it could work. You're not trying enough. You don't care enough. And that has to stop. Yeah. There are many different reasons that people get divorced. I think the judginess of divorce has to stop. It makes it harder for people to act on what they want to do and what they need to do in their lives because of the judgment and resentment from other people. Well, it still feels so humiliating. Mm. And I've, I mean, just even watching my parents go through just separating, they are still at that point where they can't bear to tell anyone. Like I'm obviously on a podcast talking about it. And oh, you've got me, no problem telling Giving me permission to. <laughs> yeah. But there are some people where they just, they're like, oh, well, they'll find out. I just can't, they, they can't face it. Mm. Because they see it as humiliating and it shouldn't be. No. And that's the thing about the the whole thing of a marriage. If a couple isn't married and breaks up, it's the same thing. It's a separating of their lives. But it's that word divorce that people just think badly about. Yeah. Some people get married and some people don't. Some people get divorced. But for some reason there seems to be this taint towards divorced people. They, they can't make the right decision or something or that they're failures. Well, and you know that when you talk to anyone from older generations, they say, oh, the divorce rate nowadays for, you know. Back in young, my day. Back in my day and all that. I'm like, yeah, because you had it so fucking good. Yeah. Like, yeah. what the hell? The amount of people that like, but stayed they, they, miserable. Yeah, exactly. But they say it like it's. Badge of honour yeah. to stay in a miserable marriage. We've got my mum on today. She's going to chat with us. We're not putting this podcast up to tell people to go out and get divorced. Normalise it. Normalise it. We are trying to normalise it by talking to someone that we love dearly. And I think the more conversations like this that can be had, then those taboos that we were just speaking about and the feelings around humiliation and all that can be lowered. Hopefully we're making it easier for people if they are thinking that way. So here we go. Here is my mother, Marie Buktenica, talking about divorce. You think I feel good that I, like, met this guy from Minnesota and I feel awful that, like, I made him move out here and, like, changed his whole life and I feel bad for him? I feel sad. I feel bad for the guy. I changed his whole life and you don't think I feel bad? Seika. Hello. What you doing? Well, obviously... <laughs> about to record a podcast with you. Oh, okay, well, hang on. Let me put my hang on. I'll put my headphones in. Hang on. Cute. Don't be mean to your mom. Hello? It's your other daughter. Who's Annie? Is that you, Annie? Yes. You should be oh, able to tell God. our voices apart of anyone. <laughs> well, no, because Annie's like my second daughter. So yeah. she's just like, you two have morphed. Yeah, exactly. That's right. I yeah, but. It. For some reason, whenever we're together, you seem to only have compliments for Annie. I'm the favourite child. Mm. I think she is the favourite child. Sorry, Becca. <laughs> uh, A comes before B. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, stop it. Oh, she's You're a so prankster. funny. So, Mum, thank you for coming on 
the podcast to be our divorce expert because you've a I know. <laughs> spokesperson. <laughs> you've, uh, <laughs> you've accumulated so many divorces that you are who we go to as Oi. an expert. <laughs> Hang on, I'm not Elizabeth Taylor, you know, just settle down. Yeah, that's right. That's no, a good point. I get it. So yeah. we want to talk about divorce because, well, it's a touchy Ooh. Touchy subject, but one I know that you... Very close to my heart, yes. Mm -hmm. So you've had two very different types of divorces. You've had what some might say a good divorce and some might say a bad divorce, yes? Hmm. Yes, I would say that would be accurate. Let's just start back to the beginning about your first divorce. Can you please just give our listeners a bit of background as to my dad and, you know, your life with him? All right, so how far back do you want me to go with that from... The day dot when I saw him and yeah, give us a little bit of a background as to how you met him and all right. So your listeners are probably aware because you've told them a thousand times that your dad was a Croatian pop star, Mm -hmm. and I happened to be Miss Yugoslavia at the time. (laughs) This is my favourite bedtime story. (laughs) (laughs) So I met your dad quite reluctantly. I did not want to actually meet him on uh, my trip in Croatia, but relations of mine wanted to meet you know, the king of pop and blah, 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 blah. So I went along with the entourage of relations to meet your dad at his cafe and I was waiting outside and he walked down. To this day, I can still see him in his black leather pants and green Lacoste T-shirt. Mine, this is the 80s, so bear with me. (laughs) And even before I had spoken to him, I looked at him and I just said, I am going to marry this man. Wow. Yep. I knew before that was it. We spent three weeks together or we knew each other for three weeks. Of that three weeks, we spent probably 10 days together. And he said to me one day, do you know you're my destiny? And I said, yeah, I kind of do. (laughs) You you really know this. And... um, Six months later, we were married. Bianca's definitely your daughter. (laughs) I I know I'm the best father. Pretty much. Pretty much. And the parallels between us are like, ooh, it's like watching a bad movie before you. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Mum. Yeah, no. When you're watching a movie and you know the ending, it's like me watching a movie with Bianca and I keep asking her, what's going to happen next? But you already know. Oh, um, fucking hell. And I mean that in a, no, I mean that in the nicest possible way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, okay, I just want you to know, act- even if I was to get divorced, I won't be making your mistake of hitching <laughs> up again. again. Yeah. <laughs> so you can, like, history is no. not going to repeat itself. Good. Okay, if I've taught you anything, I've taught you that. So that's good. Once, once is enough. So you were... You married dad. So I married your dad. I lived in Croatia for six years. It was great. Lived a very different lifestyle. Like he was the king of the pops. Like I think back and I'm thinking, oh, my God, was that actually my life where people recognised you when you walked into the street or you were in the magazine of covers, like people wanted to know what you had, what, what you cooked for dinner. Like that was one. We had a police escort for our wedding. Like it was one of those kind of marriages it was totally different one that I will never regret it was just the best time of my life Mm. the reason we divorced 
was more a geographical thing. Your dad is still the love of my life. Um, he always will be. There was no one like your dad. He was a type of a person who you would walk down the street and he would start waltzing with you or bend over and pick up a, a dandelion flower and say, this is because I love you. He was that type of man. He was fun. You could never be angry with him. It was just impossible. He would go out and throw out the rubbish and not come back for three days because he met with someone. <laughs> but you still was like, whatever, that was just him, you know, or he wouldn't come home. And I got to learn, you know, that was just how it was. The unfortunate thing, there's a couple of things that kind of happened. Civil War was kind of one of them. Yeah, that was kind of that was that was kind of major. Yeah, that will throw a spanner in the works. You know, and when those Serbs and Croats get, you know, it was it was bad. It was heated. It was heated. I've seen the tennis, so I can only imagine. Yeah, so it was pretty bad. And at this stage, I'd already had John. John was born, and lo and behold. Oh my God, surprise, surprise, I fell pregnant with you. Yeah. It was a surprise. It was a surprise. And oh, it was I... a mistake, wasn't it? <laughs> it was the best surprise. <laughs> it was a. It, yeah, yeah, it was. Because you fell pregnant quickly, right? I did. Like, it took me a long time to fall pregnant with John. There was, as you know, there was a miscarriage and other problems. But with you, oh, you just happened <laughs> and I was pregnant with a small baby so I had your brother was three months old when I fell pregnant with you and civil war breaking out hormones running rampant you know it's like oh can't deal with this so I just said one thing I wanted was to be in Australia to have my second child which was you and I came over here I had you and I found it really hard to come to terms with your dad's idea of living six months here and six months in Croatia and civil war. Your dad made it quite vocal that living in Australia wasn't for him because what was he going to do? And I quote, what do you want me to do, Marie? Pick strawberries? Because <laughs> That was the only no job quali- he was qualified for. Quote, because, you know, being a pop star in Croatia and coming out to Australia, the voice wasn't around, so what was he going to do? yeah. And far be it, so, far be it for him to put, you know, the livelihood of his wife and children above his career. Yeah, kind of, you know, and soccer, so, and soccer, actually. <laughs> Let's not forget that. So we had a um, kind of a neutral thing. I'm going to say leave it at that. So we divorced. But as you know, Bianca, as a child, he would come over here and he would be here for eight to ten weeks or whatever he was every year and we were happy families and no one knew any different. We were mum and dad and youth kids and we divorced because of outside influences, I guess. Mm. But our most important thing is that we did love each other and we loved each other right till he passed. And as you know, I was over we were over there before he died and he was uh, oh, I'm getting emotional. So that was a divorce of probably more of a – I really put you kids first and I think he, I wanted you to be in Australia. I wanted you to be where there was no bombs flying and and your dad had to do what your dad had to do. The mistake was, though, as you pointedly put out, uh, I remarried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking about your first divorce, 
as you said, you did love dad, but I obviously didn't know any different. I didn't know because I was pretty much all I knew was him living over there and us living in Australia. And yeah, like you guys were very amicable. I kind of didn't understand. I didn't realize the sacrifice you made uh, until much later in life. And I came home one day and you were crying while washing the dishes and I saw you and I was like, what's your, <laughs> oh, what is it? <laughs> like an ungrateful little teenager. I miss- Who are you? Yeah, I'm I said grateful. that. Oh. <laughs> the sass. No, not yeah. Okay. And I said to you, uh, what is what what's wrong? And you said, I miss your dad. And I said, but you divorced him. Like I don't know what it's the deal. Like, Get over yeah, it, like, Mom. like uh, do you not remember that you left? And she was like, I've made a bad mistake. I chose you. Yeah. Over here. That's what she said. She said Mum said, um Yeah, you said, Oh well. You know, I never stopped loving him and it's because of you kids that I left. But if I could probably do it over again, I wouldn't have kids. And I would have you just off to the yeah. orphanage. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, uh, well. and I think that was the first time it dawned on me that you had uh, what you'd done. I don't think it really like hit me. And I look back on that now and I think you're incredibly brave and very yeah. strong and I'm very grateful for you for what you did. Yeah, you know, I, I look at that now, though, and I sometimes think, oh, maybe a civil war and living in two different continents or whatever, maybe I should have overcome that and stayed, maybe, I don't know. You think about that all the time. You think at the time, and someone actually said to me, the only thing, like being a mum for number one, when you're a mother, you only can do what you think at the time is the best that you can do. And at that time, the best that I could do as a mum was to not have my children in a bomb shelter in Croatia. I think it was a good call, Marie. Yeah. I actually think that you made the right decision. I don't think you should be, you know, being so hard on yourself. But, Annie, you're a mum. And as soon as you have kids, that guilting, I think as soon as you find out that that pregnancy sticks is positive, you straight away had this guilt trip of whatever I'm putting in my mouth or whatever I'm doing, you still have this guilt trip. Am I doing the right thing? It's a mum thing. So I kind of sometimes really carry that guilt with me that did I do the right thing by divorcing and by leaving because it was I was leaving a marriage that to a man that I actually loved and still do. He was the father of my children, mm. but I put my kids first. So how much do you resent us then? (laughs) How much much do you Uh, resent your kids? No, that's the only thing. But that's the only thing. I look at the scene. No, that's that's what I've got out of you two is is you and John. And, yeah, it wasn't – so it wasn't all lost basically. I chose Australia and I chose this life for you guys. Was that the right thing? I don't know. As you've pointed out quite often that you could be in Croatia and you could have been – the a Croatian pop star. <laughs> yeah, I would be a Croatian pop even, princess. Even though you can't sing. Hey, hey, now sing. I, I, yeah. there you can take lessons. Dad would have been able yeah. to help me hone my craft. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's hope there could have been maybe. But now sure. walk us through. Now walk us through the rest of it. So now Woo! you got Woo! remarried. So you lived in yeah. Australia. You were a single mum. You worked incredibly yep. hard. Yep. Uh, we went yep. for nothing. I don't know how you did it. I look back on that and I think, wow, you really did a stand-up job. We, um, I, did. I didn't know how much of a struggle you went through 
but yeah, I, I see now. And then uh, when I was eight, you got remarried. Yeah, okay, so don't hold that against me, but yes, I did. So I, and again, your dad was still alive at the time. And I, before I decided to remarry, I did ring your dad and say to him, look, this is how it is. And if your dad had said no, because I asked for his blessing and said, look, I can't do this anymore on my own. I need kids or John needs a father figure in his life and I'm not sure. And I asked what your, your dad thought about it and he said, go for it, whatever. And I'm thinking, so I blame him. <laughs> I blame him because if he had said no, don't do it, I wouldn't have done it. But anyway, so yeah, good one. In peace. <laughs> I, I just I blame him. But again, I did marry. Now I don't want to make it sound like I was a sad, lonely woman. You know, single mum. I did have options. But oh Grant yes, you came did. Along. Yeah, I'm sure. So you're yes. so hot, <laughs> and still are. You're so hot. I've seen those sexy but, photos you took of yourself. Oh, yeah, just for listeners. So because my dad decided to stay in Croatia and my mum, Miss Yugoslavia, was living in Australia, the way yeah. that she wanted to celebrate his 50th birthday was get some incredibly... 40th, 40th Bianca. 40th. Like, I'm not... It's soft porn. Yeah, pretty much she got some softcore porn made, these very sexual photos <laughs> taken and sent them off to him to say, look at what you're missing. <laughs> and I'd like you to know that when he passed, those photos were still right at his bedside table. <gasps> and he had a partner, didn't he? Yeah, he had a girlfriend who said to mum. I know he had a girlfriend <laughs> and those photos they found, they were in his bedside drawer the whole time. He, didn't his girlfriend say to you when we went over there yep. that the reason he would never marry her is because, because of you? Of me. But yep. you're like, well, he's dying. So <laughs> no, well, don't make it. But, so, <laughs> Your future's not super bright with him. <laughs> but it's true. It's true. <laughs> Stop. And even even the day that we left Croatia, and I knew that he was dying. But that makes me sound so heartless. We dying knew it was the last actual, time we were going to see him. That's yeah, yeah we yeah. knew that. I mean, they had given him three months to live, and we stayed for as long as we could. The day that we were leaving to go to the airport, he actually said to me, if things don't work out with you and Grant, are you going to come back? And I just told him, yep, I would. What? But I knew that I was. Well, I can't give, you know, he, he was dying. I can't, you know. Um, There's that clock. That clock. I, know, I love that clock. That clock. <laughs> just dongs on the air. No. Ridiculous Sorry. clock. Sorry. No, I, I love it. Get rid of the clock. But yeah, so Dad's plan anyway, was for you so to anyway, come back. back to my second marriage. So yeah, I get. So as much as I married for love the first time, undying love, where you leave your country, you leave your family, and you leave everything and go and live in another country. That was unconditional, like mad, crazy love. Where I did that to your dad, uh, second marriage, not so so much. But I married because I thought that. The kids needed a father figure, or John, more or less, and that didn't turn out so good. And um, married this man who, who was, you know, he was a hard worker and he was a good man. Yeah, didn't work out as well as I thought. So four days after I married, I knew I'd made a mistake, mm. and I stayed in that marriage for I'm on nineteen years. So that was pretty sad. Yeah. And I've thought about this a lot, you know, and people say to you, you know, you've got two failed marriages. Uh, I don't look at it that way. 
I think failing a marriage is staying in a marriage. That's what I failed at. An unhappy marriage, you mean? An unhappy, sad marriage, yes. So I stayed in a very sad marriage for 18, 19 years. But to me, that shows my strong personality, I try to say it now, where you you really... You, look, all marriages have issues, right? All of us. There's no. I look at people and who tell me they're just so happy and they've got the best marriage. Well, you know what? I don't think that there's always issues. There's not any one marriage that's 100% perfect at any given time. You always have your ups and you always have your downs. It's when you have more of the downs that you know, ooh, not so good. But I stayed in a... In a relatively unhappy marriage for lots of reasons. Not so much for what people would think, but more when was the right time. I always put everything else first or other people first. Was it the right time? Like kids graduating. Mom one going kid. Through. One kid graduating. That's one. Just, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, things have – so the last – I think the last five years of my marriage were the hardest and you – push through and it's really strange that you can be in a relationship and how your everyday life, even as miserable as it is, you accept that as normal and you just think, this is ah, this is my life, this is how it is. We don't talk, we don't have sex, we don't do anything and you just accept that as normal. It's That's the sad part and you just continue and you continue going with everyday how it was the day before, how it was the month before, the year before, and before you know it, 15, 16 years have passed. Jesus. And it's a, how come the last five and, years were so hard? Was that because you knew you were over I it? knew. Yeah. I was, there was a lots of times that I knew I was over it, but I still stayed because I kept thinking that old, better the devil you know than the devil you don't. And I forgot who I was in that because you – I re- I'm a strong woman, and I know, Bianca, you get that from me. Mm-hmm. I was a – well, you're strong. No, I know. Oh, I, like, I'm taking it as a compliment. Yeah. Yeah, so you're a strong, independent woman, and that's what I was. And I actually even know now I never really needed to remarry. I never really needed a man. I was kind of like I've got my two babies, I've got my kids had my own house, had a job, had everything. I didn't need. Why, did, why did you then? Why didn't you know that then at the time? Why did you choose to remarry? Like I know why because you said that you wanted a father I figure thought, for John, but is it that thought, you were lacking confidence? No, 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 didn't lack confidence. I just – maybe it was what everybody thought that I needed to be married. Yeah, right. That maybe – it's not what I wanted. Don't forget, we're talking about 20 years ago and things have changed so much. Even you look at now when you're looking at all this COVID stuff and lockdown, what are all the jokes that you hear on TikTok and on Facebook and on social media? It's all about your husband's buried in the backyard or you know, <laughs> everybody's talking about getting rid of their husbands. And I'm thinking, holy shit, I can deal with that. I feel like I've been COVID for like 19 years. When I find, and I knew that the last three or four years of my marriage was, it was done, done and dusted, but everything happened. And as you, Bianca, you know, there was personal things like you, you suspected you got cancer and blah, 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 and your grandma. It was just a whole. Yeah, whole there was just one I, thing after another. 
I think, I, and I kept saying, you know, after that, after that, after that. The only thing I can describe when when you know your marriage is over, you know, you know, you definitely know. You push through, you push through. It's kind of like being underwater, and this is how I describe it: the night that it actually happened. When I, I had everything planned, like right, I had everything planned when it was going to happen, how it was going to happen, blah blah blah. It was one night, and your stepdad was talking at the dinner table, and he was blaming John, my son, your brother, on why I was so miserable. And I remember looking at him, and I felt like I was underwater. And you know that when you hear that water, like you feel like you're all blah, 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 like it's, you can't hear anything. Mm-hmm. And I looked at him, and I said, no, actually, it's because I don't want to be married to you anymore. And it was like I'd surfaced out of the water, it was out of my mouth, and I actually felt great. So the hardest thing about getting a divorce is admitting it and saying it out loud. Once you've said it out loud, once you know that's it, you're done, the rest is easy, actually. Mm. And it's actually really liberating. It's great. I know you did get the words never again tattooed on your ring finger. So I'm assuming you won't be waltzing down the aisle anytime soon. (laughs) No, no. They will never, I'll never ever, booty calls maybe, booty calls, they're allowed. Not that I've had one, not that I've had one. But no, I will never ever, 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 ever. Why? And you know what? The funny thing is, Bianca, your grandmother said to me before I married Grant, why would you want to remarry? Why do you want to wash someone else's underpants for the rest of your life? (gasps) And you're like, because it's my free will and I, it's what I want for myself. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know, I remember her saying that to me and that was one of the things like four days after I got married and realised I'd made a mistake. Those words were like in my head. <laughs> ringing going, in your ears. They were ringing in my ear. I'm going, oh, oh can't prove that to you because you never can prove to your mother. You, you have to go against, you know, you know what mothers and daughters are like. No, Mum yeah. was right. You can't prove her right. So, Marie, what has... um divorce taught you about yourself? Divorce has taught me that I am, I'm actually really a strong person. Divorce has taught me not to settle ever, ever. And divorce has taught me that you don't need anybody else to make you happy. I'm actually really happy with my life. You don't need, you know, and I don't want to sound like I'm against marriage because I'm not. I think marriage for the right people is great. I'm just perhaps not ready. I'm not right for marriage. Yeah, like what are your thoughts then about marriage? Because like I am married and I'm cynical about marriage. You're twice divorced. Yeah, I know. But okay, I I don't like when you say twice divorced because the first one I don't reckon it's counted. Like, no. But, you know, that was kind of different and I cling to that. Like when you said that you wanted to get married, Bianca, I was actually really shocked that you wanted to marry because you was or still are very strong-willed, very independent. Um, I was actually shocked that in this day and age that you actually wanted to get married because yeah, it was a mistake. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? You could live with someone. You yeah. Can you not be strong-willed and independent but be married? Yes, you can. Yes, you can, and I. It's a two-way street, though. Yeah. And I've, 
find that some men don't handle that very well. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so you have to meet someone that complements that. That's not going to. Well, so a yeah. man who has that same, same beliefs. It's like even when Bianca, you decided to take Palmer's surname, mm. I was actually, and I, and you know that I never said anything. Like, I never told you to. Yeah, I know. Whatever. You could have spoken we up a little bit. Like, <laughs> you could have spoken. No, she well, didn't say no. anything. She never said, uh. my mum never said anything. She was like, you want to do whatever you want. I'm not going to say a word. And even on our wedding day when we were here, I didn't know what shoes I was going to wear down the aisle. And I was like, oh, maybe these ones. And mum was like, look, I've kept my nose out of this and I've, I've not said anything, but I would go with these ones. That was the only thing the she shoes. said, the shoes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, at least your shoes yeah. are right. Actually, I, I was really sad at your wedding day, but anyway. Yeah, I noticed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't need to tell me, mum. I could feel that energy from you. <laughs> but I was really surprised that you changed like you took Palm's name. You were always so, and still are, so strong-willed. I was really, really surprised that you took someone else's name. Mm. But she, it's history repeating yep. itself. Like you said, she did what her mum did. Yeah. <laughs> and then I changed it back just like you have. And I'm so much happier. Yeah. I, you know, and I know people say it's, it's you know, it's only a name. Oh, no. No, it's more than that. Definitely more than that. <laughs> What's dating but like, Marie? When you're dating? middle, yeah, oh. dating, middle aged dating. I want to know everything oh. from what Dang. the evidence that I've seen. Well, middle aged Tinder. Well, yeah. oh. both me and Bianca now have mothers that are dating middle aged. Yeah, newly single. And I just want to say that we're living vicariously through you. So. Yeah. <laughs> If you could please give us uh, all the goss. Well, well, I'm telling you, if you saw what's out there, probably another reason actually that maybe just the only reason to stay married. <laughs> <laughs> Once you see what's out there, it's sad. It's really sad. And I've had some really strange encounters. I really got into sexting though. I did learn how to sext. Yeah, she's which, loving the like sexting. Text and se- yeah, sexting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Yep. I found that that was really that was enough for me. But you know what? I'm quite happy just with me and my vibrators. I don't need <laughs> don't need. Definitely. Can you <laughs> you're preaching to the choir. Like. Well, <laughs> mm, interesting. See, my mum, I threw this idea out to her not long ago. She's never had a vibrator. Ever. <gasps> Never. Let me take her shopping. Yeah? Okay. <laughs> I think it's very uh, normal for our age group. We talk about it quite openly. I follow Instagram accounts. Like, there's no shame. People have them in the background of their photos and mm. they don't care. Like, yeah. whatever. But for, I think, mum's gen, like, mum's still wrapping her head around that because before she met dad, it was very taboo almost. And I don't know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Also, probably doesn't help that, like, Catholicism and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, well, she used to say that you don't – this is seriously what she used to tell me. You don't need toys if you're having good sex, right? And I was like, what a mm. crock of shit. Sometimes I just don't want – even if you're having good sex, sometimes you don't want it to go for yeah. half an hour. You just no. want to get it zapped yeah. an hour. Yeah. Half an hour? Who's getting half an yeah. hour? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Half right. an hour is far too long. It's, I'm not doing a workout. <laughs> so now she's obviously not having sex. 
like she used to be. I think that she should get a vibrator, but I don't know. What do you, what do you reckon, think, Marie? Well, I've had vibrators for a long time. It was what kept my marriage, I think. Cause, oh, my God. <laughs> I needed, I needed, you know, sorry, Bianca, but sorry. Not a problem. <laughs> yeah, I, I need it. And you know what? As I said, if my if the vibrators could take your rubbish bin out, would you really need a man? Like, <laughs> like really? No. And I would like, what I would like to know <laughs> is what, Life are you living when the man takes the rubbish out anyway? It's me fucking doing it regardless. Oh, oh. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Can we can we finally get back on Instagram and that's our promo? Like vibrators <laughs> can take it out. Would you like shoulders raised? That's the question. Mum, I have a question for you because obviously divorce rates. They're actually declining, but I think that might just be because the rate of marriage is declining. I'm not sure. People are living together now before they get married mm. so they know yeah. that they don't want to marry that person mm. or blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and I guess my question is, like, when do you know it is time to leave? Because, you know, sometimes things get uh, bad and you're like, well, should I stay and fight? Like, wh- when do you know this isn't going to work or if it's just ooh. a fight? Okay, so... That would probably be, and I'm only speaking from mine, and I've lived like this for a long time without anybody knowing because I was very good at putting on that smiley face and you walk outside and no one knows that whatever's going on. I would say it's when you lie in bed and you almost fall out of bed and you're stiff as a board because you don't want that person to even be next to you. That's number one. Number two, it would be when you're driving home and you see that person's car in the driveway and you think, hmm his home I don't want to be there and keep driving that would be probably number two and number three is when you can't breathe when you really can't breathe because you just feel like I can't do this anymore and you put everybody else you've always put everybody else first it's actually owning up that what you're doing and how you're living with that person is not good for you and not good for them I actually did your stepdad a a huge favour by ending our marriage. He's living the life that he wants to live and I'm living mine. Failing a marriage is staying in a marriage that's not working. It's like how do you know when you want to get married? It's the same how you know and how strong and how you just want to be with that person Mm. and you just want to get married. I just want to live the rest of my life. That That feeling that you get when you want to get married just think about that as an in reverse. Yeah. And that's when you know you want out of that marriage. Mm. And it's, it's not an argument. It's not a, oh, we've had words. It's that constant. Because like, when you want to get married, you just, can't, you just can't imagine your life living without that person. It's when you've got to get a divorce, it's kind of like, oh, I can't imagine growing old with this person. Right. Well, what? It's pretty strong. Yeah, what did what advice do you have to give to people that because it's it it is hard, I guess, to leave. It's hard to end any relationship, and I guess it's even harder to end a marriage. You know, but what are the reasons why it's hard, and what advice do you have for people? What to end end a marriage? Yeah, like oh, Bianca, oh, my advice is remember who you are. Mm. Just remember who you are. We all deserve to be happy, right? We all deserve to know who we are. We live in such a different age now, like it's 
totally different. And I think women have actually become, because women are the ones who will survive or survive. Women are the ones who can cope without a man in their lives. I think men find it harder. They're the ones that get a little bit more twisted, I think. I shouldn't say that, sorry. Um, (laughs) That's probably not. My dad is currently Um, living in the smallest apartment and I said to him, oh, nice decor because he's like got these two chairs in his living room that look like they're from like a rotary hall or something. And he goes, yeah, I got them secondhand from a nursing home. And I was like, see, this is why. (laughs) This is why I'm concerned about you, Dad. I agree, Marie. He almost needs a woman. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I understand that. But men do. Men find it hard because don't forget, it's like, you know, you get the old joke, why would I have a child because I've already got a husband? Because women do that and we do. We we. I don't want to even say nurture. But we're also conditioned from a really young age and it's expected of us as well. So we've learnt how to look after ourselves from such a young age where it is a bit of a stereotype, but young boys, for example, aren't asked to do as much housework as young little girls Mm. and stuff. So they they grow up and they're more dependent. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, actually, that didn't work in our household. I don't know what to you, Bianca, because he didn't do much for me. <laughs> oh, get stuffed. That is absolute <laughs> bollocks. No, that's true. I had a son and a daughter, and I, I was trying to think who did the more housework. Mm. Oh, Bianca's outraged right now. Are you joking me? Oh, is this, a, is this a joke? Are you? Oh, that's funny one. Good one, Mum. <laughs> Okay, so what about that time when I asked you and John, I was going to give you $10 each or $5 each and don't pull the weeds out. John took to the chore. You looked at it and went, no, nah, I'm not doing that, went back inside. She knows and her just, value. Yeah. <laughs> also, John only did it for money. Well, that's what you were doing it for, but you you know. No, anyway, I know that, what my time is worth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. But what was the question I was supposed to ask? oh just why is it hard to leave because you know why I ask myself that a lot it is that old thing I have failed Mm. um it's that enigma of oh my god I'm worthless or whatever and you know what it's taken me two divorces to understand that's not true that is not true and you know what there is life after divorce and it's a bloody good one yeah, you're living large, taking yeah. charge. You look so happy. You are miles apart from the woman you were 10 years and ago. Yeah, well, that, well, that saddens me too because I hear myself talk to you on the phone quite often and I actually laugh at stuff, whereas before I was like, oh, and I feel like you haven't known me. No, I like agree. Yeah, no, I, I definitely. You, know I mean? like you don't know your mum mm. and – that's one thing we lose when we're not all of us, but some of us. When you marry, you do lose a part of yourself. And I so I think in marriage you need to not lose your sense of you. Mm-hmm. Always remember who you are. And that's what I lost. But you're back. And someone <laughs> oh, and back. someone said to you, You've got your sparkle back and I agree with that. I mean I didn't yeah, I guess- know you like that well I mean you're my mum but I, I yeah, don't my daughter. yeah I, I don't like know, knew you as an adult I suppose before marriage you know I knew you as like you a child me, you don't know me as an individual not your mum not anybody else but you don't know me you don't know Marie Buckpenica you don't know me as an individual all right well I've got an idea 
far. Okay, well, kind of. Maybe. But that's what's important in a marriage. Don't lose your sense of self. If you lose that, it's, it, oof, you're floundering. You're like a fish out of water. Do you have any regrets? Uh, do I have any regrets? First marriage, no. No first marriage regrets. No first divorce regrets. Yeah, second one, yeah, probably the last 19 years. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Probably the whole lot, the whole lot. Married yeah. for the wrong reasons, didn't marry for love, and that would stink. I did not marry for love for the second time, so that was probably that was probably a good sign I shouldn't have done it. But you know what? It shows that I'm, what's the word, I can stay somewhere for 19 years and still battle through. It shows my endurance. Yeah. It shows I'm strong-willed. Yeah, a bit of a Shawshank redemption for you. Kinda. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. <laughs> yeah. You'd do all right in prison is what we're getting at. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be a problem for you. Yeah, it wouldn't be a problem. A women's prison wouldn't be a problem. Oh. <laughs> yeah. That would be the only way that Marie's going to get married again. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> uh, marriage and me, uh-uh, never again. Uh-uh, done, done and dusted. And besides, Bianca told me no more stepdads. Yeah, I I don't, I've had my fair share. I don't think they count as your stepdad when you're like a fully grown adult, do they? You don't start thinking of them like a a dad figure. I never thought of him as a dad figure. Let me just get (laughs) that right out there. Yeah, that's true. I never did. And I remember he said to me, when are you going to start calling me dad? And I was like, well, you've lost your privileges because it will never happen. <laughs> um, Mum, take us out on a on a light note now. Can you just tell us about okay. your second honeymoon, please? My which one? Oh, my second honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, so tell this us to me. <laughs> it like raises some massive questions. <laughs> my second, you know what? I No, my second honeymoon. So Bianca's dad came over from Croatia because that was one of the reasons when – Grant said, you know, let's get married. And I said, okay, the only way we'll get married is you can deal with having the kids' dad in the house for six to eight weeks every year, then, yes, we can get married. And, of course, Grant said, yes, that sounds like a great idea. I pick the kids' dad up from the airport, bring them home. Grant didn't kind of think that was a great idea when it was all actually happening. But Bianca's dad came in with a bottle of Valentine's whiskey sat down with stepdad and sat down and drank a bottle of whiskey between them. And at the end of that bottle of whiskey, they were bagging me. They were the best of mates. And uh, the whole idea was Bouncy's dad was going to stay with the kids while I went on my honeymoon. Yeah, now Grant decided that he was a good bloke and he should go on our honeymoon with us. (laughs) So we packed up two dogs. I had two husbands, a couple of kids, two and a stepdaughter as well, and off we went and I spent my honeymoon with two husbands. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I was there at the time and it didn't seem strange, but I look back at it and I think, what the fuck happened? (laughs) Like, how did we get there? Yeah, yeah, it was different, but that's the kind of woman I am. I remember (laughs) photos of like me and dad standing yep. there with like you and Grant. Like it's so weird to me that we're, <laughs> like we're all taking like honeymoon photos, all of us but as a family. Me, that wasn't weird. 
to me, that was normal. Yeah, to me, it wasn't weird. Must have been weird it's, for Dad, though. <laughs> like, he comes back to Croatia and they're like, oh, how was your trip? And he's like, yeah, not bad. Marie's honeymoon was great. <laughs> like, what? He bet he was yeah, a pop no, star, so he was used to getting into everything, you know, all the clubs and stuff, and now he's ex-wife's money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. Yeah, but don't forget, 12 months later, well, not even 12 months later, your dad was diagnosed with cancer, the tumour, and we went over there. And the, one of the conversations that your dad had with me on his deathbed was he goes that he was so happy that he got to spend time with his children and the man that was going to be their major influence in their life, that he knew he could go to the afterlife knowing the man that was going to be oh, in their life. turning in his grave though now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah, that probably, yeah. Out. <laughs> so that didn't turn out so well. Yeah, good thing he's not here to know? see what happened, yeah, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, <laughs> yeah, peacefully. You know? So he didn't. But it was kind of like, okay. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was weird. Okay, it was weird. It was weird, but it's, like, it's great. I don't it's think it normal. just embodies it. Oh, it's normal, is it? Well, it was kind of like back then, and we're talking about, what, 20-odd years ago, that was pretty, like, I was a trailblazer. Yeah, I don't think too I many people have hopped on that trail, yeah. though. <laughs> don't know how many people are going to take that up. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that better to have that? You know, you have a normal relationship with your ex-husband and, you know, the kids were involved, so, yeah, everything. Oh, it's very Data and Will Smith, yeah, very, I mean. Well, how many videos videos have you got as you as a child? Uh, I used to video everything from the time you woke up to the time you went to sleep to send to your dad. Mm. And how many, there's a video of you saying, into the video, and I'd say, Bianca, say hi to Daddy, and you would look into the video and go, Daddy, you in there? You thought Dad lived in the video <laughs> Not the brightest child, was I? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it funny, though, when we were kids, that whenever you were filming, because you were filming all the time, and all the time. John would always want to see behind the camera, but I was quite happy oh. being in front of it. I, was, I never wanted Absolutely. to know what was behind the camera. I was like, I'm the star of the show and I belong on camera. Yeah, that hasn't changed. But yeah, yeah. You, you came out like that actually. Like, <laughs> you, you demanded right from the word go. Right from the word go, you demanded. Attention. And what did you say when I wouldn't stop crying when I was born? Oh, I told the midwife to throw down a laundry sheet or stop <laughs> her crying. I'm so glad. Love you so much. Well, thank you for coming on and talking to us, Mum. Thank you. Love you, you, Marie. I love you too, Annie. You're my number one. Yeah, you're my number one. Enough of this. (laughs) I'll see you on House Party again (laughs) soon. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Bye, Mum. Bye, baby. Bye. Oh, bless her. She's so cute. She's sweet.